2: What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show, episode 586. It's March 15th, 2023. I'm Ryan McCaffrey here in IGN's San Francisco studio, flanked by uh, two of my three regular co-hosts and one of our friends we'll get to in a second. Stella Chung, how are you?
3: I'm good. One hand is behind my back because I'm petting uh, Daisy, Ryan's doggy, So
2: Yeah, she, she <laughs> might might appear in the corner of the screen at some point in time. Uh, but yeah, she is here hanging out. Miranda Sanchez, how are you?
4: I am good, how are you Ryan?
2: I am well, uh, we are d- just like two sleep, wait, what day is this, Wednesday? Yeah, we're yes. two two sleeps away from the Diablo 4 beta, the, the first weekend of it. So yeah, even though I've already played this content, this will be a the more polished version. Right. Because the, the build we played was- you played. Well, so, some of we and IGN, yeah, <laughs> was pretty early uh, as, as far as like the polish goes, right. which was which was weird because I've never seen a Blizzard game that early before because they don't usually show it to us that early, That which meant they had a lot of confidence in the gameplay. As it turned out, they should because it was super fun. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to going back in this time. I'm going to play on Xbox because I played on PC last time Just see if I if I prefer the direct control to, to uh, mouse and keyboard on this one and go from there so uh yeah i'm good thank you for asking and our friend welcoming him back for uh what seventh eighth ninth i don't even know how many appearances this time like we're in the tens
5: now we're getting close to 20 at this point cam hawkins (laughs) good to see you sir it's denzel crocker day for my fellow millennials those who grew up watching the fairly odd parents it's march 15th it's (laughs) denzel crocker you said it was march 15th and i was just like I feel like that's a reference to something. It's Denzel Crocker Day, everybody. So, you know, for, for those that know that reference,
4: happy oh, goodness, Denzel Crocker Mr. Day. Crocker. Good stuff. <laughs> uh,
2: well, Cam, it is great to see you. Uh, and it is great to see all these video games starting to trickle in, whether it's the Diablo 4 beta or uh, we've got our IGN first coverage of Remnant 2. That's our game this month. We've got a couple pieces, three pieces up so far that you should check out, in two, including two class reveals. Today's, as we record, is the handler archetype, who fittingly, as I've brought Daisy today, the handler has a dog. So that will be the class that I play Excellent. in Remnant 2. I suspect the rem- the uh, handler will be a very popular class in that game. And then uh, a-, a game that we've talked about over quite literally many, many, many years, Dead Island 2 finally almost here we're a month away from that one and we finally got to play it after i don't know eight years whatever it is (laughs) that game has been been uh, cooking and it was tristan from our ign australia team did our final preview on that which has a ton of views on it, a lot of interest there. So if you have not seen that, be sure to check it out on IGN.com or YouTube.com slash IGN. But the short version, it sounds like it's fun. It is fun, but he's worried about that that the it's going to kind of lose its luster after a little while. So we'll see if it ends up having some staying power. But for much more, check out Tristan's preview. And then uh, one quick note, just sort of a mini news item here. As we expected, Ghostwire Tokyo having now... Its year of exclusivity on PlayStation completed is coming to Xbox and, of course, Game Pass on April 12th. So, you've got Game Pass. That's just a new first-party game that you will be able to play uh, with all the updates that it's had over the past year in another less than 30 days from now. Uh, All right. I want to start today, actually, with IO Interactive. That's our, our headline topic. Because IO, these guys... What really interesting story about how they were owned by IDOS, which got bought by Square. They were, you know, they were your, your fairly standard quality AAA developer owned by a major publisher. And as Square kind of started doing some different business moves, I.O managed to negotiate their freedom, similar to what Bungie did with Microsoft uh, years and years ago. And not only that, they managed to, unlike Bungie, ...who I think was more interested in doing new things rather than continuing Halo... ...IO was still very interested in Hitman and they decided to keep... ...they, they were able to negotiate the, to keep that IP... ...and we've gotten a few great Hitman games out of it. Well, uh, they are now working on a few different things... ...but none of them are Hitman. That one is on hiatus, but they're working on an online fantasy RPG. Now Cam, you're a big JRPG fan, you're a big RPG guy... Uh, yeah. the idea of a fantasy RPG from the developers of
5: Hitman. Give me your thoughts on this. I think the first thing that comes to mind is... First off, I'm excited that they're doing something new and uh, that it's going to be a fantasy RPG because I don't think that we have enough of that. Like, obviously, Final Fantasy 14 is a big um, a big game in the MMO space, but um, with fantasy, I feel like we, we have, like, those set... Um, franchises and getting something new is exciting especially from io because like i'm curious if because one of the highlights of hitman is is the level design right like there's so many ways you can approach um hitman hitman levels and um experiment with things like that but what is that is that going to transfer to an online you know to an online fantasy rpg like what is that going to look like that is the main thing that um i'm curious about and i'm like optimistic and i think it will be if they do try and uh go with that approach with uh you know the focusing on the level design i think that's going to be very unique and will make it stand out um because like and i'm also kind of curious like while you know people really like hitman and io um is known for those things i'm also because we're in this place now where it's hard even as a triple a to like to launch a new uh, new IP. And I'm curious as to if they're going to be able to pull it off. Like, if Namesake is going to be enough to grab people's uh, interest into hopping into, uh, you know, a new, a new franchise or, you know, potential new franchise.
2: Yeah. Stella, you are IGN's resident hit woman when it comes to video <laughs> games. You're very good, like Agent 47, very good at shooting people in video games. Take that. Uh, your thoughts on... <laughs> On a fantasy RPG, that's—I don't know about you—that's one of the last things I would have guessed that that IO Interactive w- would would uh, would do.
3: Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um, so my introduction to Hitman was the I think 2021 release, Hitman 3. I played through it. I was like, oh, this is very fun. I was actually the worst Hitman. I got the job done, but never in the actual stealth ways you were supposed to do. <laughs> um, but I think it'll be interesting. I think. It's so weird, though, because we don't have anything other than this to really show for, like, what they can do in games. So it's like, I mean, some of these translated into an online RPG. Sure, I feel like that could work, right? But it's very weird to translate to that to fantasy and i think that's why i have a hard time wrapping my head around Um, but they had a lot of different like cam said they had a lot of different ways that you could interact with things there were so many different things that you could utilize so i hope that they keep that in this rpg um but i don't know Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting um because yeah saying it feels familiar yet at the same time ioi is going on a journey unlike any we've been on before and i'm like yeah no same same with the players because i have no idea Again, I can't wrap my head around them taking that modernized game, all the mechanics, and then turning it into a fantasy, fantasy game. So,
2: yeah. All the all the footage that our super producer, Red, has had up of Hitman 3 is uh, making me want to go back and finish that game because <laughs> I have not played it. I have not finished it. I, I managed to played it when it came out, did the first couple missions, but, man, I got to get back because it it's,
5: is... It's real good. It's real yeah. good. And, like... It's fun. But, the last mission, like I'm not gonna get into spoilers, but like that much spoilers. But there's a train mission at the very end, like it's the last level. It's yeah. very unlike, it's very unlike Hitman, but I loved it. Like, and I, I feel like it's pretty divisive. So I'm very curious to see, like, if you go back to it, how you would yeah. feel about it. But I really liked it.
3: I liked the club mission just because you had to figure out how to get in, and I was like, oh my god, I have what? Really? Okay.
5: <laughs> yeah, the mansion one was cool too because it was like Knives Out basically. Exactly. But on yeah. The yeah. Level. So That's the second that was mission. very cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah, what a what a great series um, that they managed to resurrect from kind of the dead. It had been gone for a while. Um, Miranda, online fantasy RPG, IO Interactive.
4: What I really like about this, um, so they started talking about this back in February, and what I really appreciate is they already issued some art to kind of give a picture of what they're aiming for, and they also directly discussed some inspirations where they're pulling from from this so this is the fighting fantasy book series um and so these are actually like singer single-player role-playing game books Mm -hmm. so it's just like setting up these instances very like kind of tabletop feeling to them and so with that it gives you that idea of the sort of fantasy they want to evoke specifically and i know stella you're saying you know a company going from like one very specific kind of franchise to another whole genre is like a big jump but i would say that some of my personal favorite studios do this really well Mm. like just look at how Bioware has done a great job between Dragon Age and Mass Effect. Like you get the space and Jade side.
2: Empire before that, and yeah. Kotor. Yeah,
4: yeah. You get the you get these two very different sides, and I th- feel like people fall in camps of like, are you like the space one or are you the fantasy <laughs> one? And <or> like, <laughs> do you like the sci-fi or, or you know like the high fantasy? And I think that's always fun to see studios like jump into those and, and explore. Obviously we have another one is Elder, Elder Scrolls and like Fallout, which is a little different. Yeah, still similar in that vein. Um, and so I think having... That sort of mix is really healthy creatively as well. Um, you get to put your tools to a different setting and see how it can function in there and the things that you learn can be taken away and put into James Bond.
2: Who knows? Um- <laughs> Which we're going to talk about in a second. Yes, their yeah. other project. Yeah. Uh, is this, by the way, Super Producer Red? is this Freedom Fighters that we're looking at? Wow. <laughs> no, no. So this, I didn't want to interrupt you, Stella. This is the last time that IO... Uh, actually, it's not the last... Kane and Lynch was the last time. But they, they've dipped their toes into other ideas a couple other times, but it's been a long time. Like, they've been on Hitman for quite a while. Yeah, Kane and Lynch, Kane and Lynch they tried to make a thing. It just didn't end up being a thing. There were two of them, and neither one really kind of quite got there. But that, game, that original Xbox game we were just looking at footage of, it was kind of a... Not a strategy game, but it was... I don't know quite how you'd describe it. It was uh, it obviously action, as you can see, but it had some sort of strategic bits in it. Uh, and yeah, this, this game was really good, but this is, I mean, I don't even know if anybody at the studio who worked on this still works there. Like, that's how old this game is. But uh, yeah, it'll be just really interesting to see them jump into the online, uh, fantasy o- online RPG space to... To give another part of the quote, after uh, Stella already read part of it, they had said, We are are embarking on a new adventure, one that expands our creativity, our capabilities, and in some sense, our identity. We are building a new world, a new IP, an online fantasy RPG.
4: So... One thing I do want to say is I'm really curious about these fighting fantasy books now because I've never heard of them and kind of just like reading more into it. It's supposed to be a solo adventure where you read this book, sort of choose your own adventure, but there's also like a dice element where you like roll for like where you go sometimes. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And these have been going since the 80s. So there's like tons of these books. So I'm very curious to see how they pull inspirations from those books to whatever they develop with their fantasy game.
2: Yeah, this is uh, very intriguing stuff. Now they're probably years and years away from oh, yeah. <laughs> from you know shipping anything, but we'll at least get to see it in the next I don't know two or three years probably. Now Miranda touched on it, but the other game that they're working on uh, that's not Hitman because they are putting Hitman on hiatus. Uh, IO's chief creative officer Christian Elverdam told Eurogamer that it might be a while before fans get another major entry in Hitman, uh, though the current package, Hitman World of Assassination, which is all three of the the recent Hitman trilogy all just under one umbrella now, uh, will continue to be updated. But, uh, quote, Right now, a major, major new Hitman game that's a little bit on hiatus as we're building another Agent Fantasy that's also taking up a lot of our time. But obviously, we'll come back to, to our beloved Agent 47. He's still very much in the heart of this company now. That is in reference to a game, a project we have talked about before, and that is Hitman, uh, Hitman, agent, <laughs> agent, nope, third time, IO Interactive. My goodness. I really do think of Hitman when I think of those guys. Uh, IO Interactive's James Bond, double Project 007. Uh, now, Cam, this this one is not nearly as much of a stretch uh for when when you think about IO Interactive because it's it's certainly like it's like adjacent
5: to Hitman. It's it's just a perfect it just makes sense. Like, you know, when 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 it was announced originally, everyone was just like, oh, duh. Like that is like the perfect team to take on this kind of project and, and make a new 007 game that uh, if I remember correctly, is going to be their like own take on the character, right? right. It's going to be like own take, o- uh, own story, like, and which is, which is great. Cause like, I mean, there've been some great 007 games based off movies in the past. Like, you know, obviously like GoldenEye, some people will say Nightfire. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but like, you know, I think uh, we're kind of past that point where we have these games that are based off of movies. And I think that again, if any studio were to make a game that's their original take, their original story on uh, 007 James Bond, it's IO. And uh, you know, I know that hitman gets a lot of praise for its level design but i really enjoyed the story across the three games as well i think that the story i mean it's not like you know not gonna lift my skirt up or anything like that but it is like better than i think that people talk about like i or like there's just like a lack of discussion about it and i think it's genuinely good and i think that um it should be talked about more and so i'm excited to see what the, they're gonna do with uh, james bond stella as our one of our resident shooter experts,
2: first person or third person? Would you like to see this this Bond game? Because I think you could make the case either way. We've we, we've seen yeah. it go both ways. I mean, I guess most prominently, Bond games the the best ones have been first person. Yeah, that's from GoldenEye, and and as uh, Cam mentioned, that I totally agree, Nightfire.
3: Yeah, I was thinking about like how they just did the GoldenEye uh, revival with Xbox and with Nintendo, and I'm like, man, you know what? Like an updated modern. Like, first person would be really cool. But I feel like they might add in that addition to, like, switch between views. Because, like, how nice would that? That would be really cool. Because you'd be able to actually take a look at their rendition of 007 and also be able to get that first person, like, yeah, I'm the best agent in the world sort of feel. So, I don't know. I definitely feel like a hybrid would be really cool. Um, But if I were to settle on one, I would say first person, I think. Yeah, first
2: person. Co-signed. Co-signed on that (laughs) one. Uh, Miranda... Your thoughts here on, on what IO could do with a with their 007 game, which which does seem to be the next thing. So it's going to go Bond and then the online fantasy uh, RPG later.
4: Some quick insight to that. I am on their website right now, on IO's website, and they are hiring for a lot of roles for both Project 007 and for um, the fantasy game. So there's still a lot going on as far as, like, getting staffed up, so it's probably still a ways way. But I was I was leaning in to say I'd actually like third person.
5: Yeah. I agree. You know? Okay. I'm glad that Miranda said I was like, okay, I'm i guess I'm alone two here. Two and two here. I, I prefer third person shooters. I just do. But like I, I mean
4: Yeah, I actually either. prefer first person shooters. But I think when it comes to I O making a bond game. I want the f- shooting to feel excellent, but I'm more interested in the spy mechanics and other things around of the stealth within. You know how they make Hitman, right? It's like a little bit different and playing with the environment and more about manipulation than it is just going in and shooting a bunch of people.
5: Yeah, I mean, I-
4: not too, but also,
5: yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like, could s- go ahead, Cam. Please, I will just say like when I think about what this game might look like, I'm thinking of like. like a a mixture of Splinter Cell and Hitman. Like, that's kind of what I'm thinking it would be. With, like, still, I want there to be a focus on story still. Like, Mm. I want to see a a bigger focus there. Um, But, like, just add in the great level design and then, like, again, the kind of mechanics of Splinter Cell and Hitman, I think that's a really good formula there.
2: I want to add in uh, to what you're saying, Cam, of I'd love to see some some scenarios in the game where you you have to sweet talk your way through some sort of situation oh yeah which we we've seen call of duty do a, a little bit here and there over the years there have been a couple of just you know walk around and and talk to people missions where you just have to like remember certain lies and i yeah. forgot uh, was that was that call of duty world war ii miranda I don't remember. I feel like you and I had talked about that, like this the mission that's in yes, my brain right yes, now. At I some think point, so,
4: but I don't. Remember.
2: But in Are any you... case, mm. yeah, you, you guys get where them. I'm going with it. Um, I, I'd love to see that kind of that side of it too. Um,
4: it is an important tool for 007 to be yeah. charismatic. Oh, yeah. and the right kind of manipulative. I wonder too if they'll feature romance in any prominent way because that that is like a staple. It's like the villains, oh. the Bond, babe, <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, you know the cars, the
2: cars. Yeah, the cars. Like, yeah that's true. The cars. Yeah.
4: And so, I mean, that of course is antiquated in some ways, but at the same time, I
3: mean, it's, it's if you do it right, it's still it's fun, right? So, yeah, you know, they can do it right. I feel like <laughs> the only thing with third person is I don't want people to be like oh it's like a hitman game reskinned as 007 which i feel like a lot of games might have that kind of like how battlefront obviously this is very different but battlefront and battlefield got compared um i mean IO interactive is obviously very good at what they do so i feel like they would be able to differentiate it but i feel like that's still a concern that a lot of people would have especially since randy said that it's it's a long ways out before we probably see anything because they're still staffing up so um yeah I don't know like I again I wouldn't that mind makes sense. yeah I wouldn't mind like a hybrid but um I feel like for wanting to become this like world-renowned agent and especially if you're going to try to like get if, if they explore the relationship side where you can like sweet talk I feel like first person might work better for that but
2: yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's exactly what I was thinking about is and and uh, your your uh comparison to battlefront and battlefield I think is so apt too. because I mean I don't know anybody at this. is This is my own assumption here, but I would think that Dice probably wanted, on some level, people to think of Battlefront as, oh, it's Battlefield but Star Wars, because that's an established thing that sells really well. Whereas, to your exact point, IO might not. They they. I could see them going first person just to, if I'm sure, for other reasons, but. But it's one of those reasons being to distance themselves from Hitman to make it seem like mm. not just, oh, well, it's Hitman, but reskinned, yeah. right? So, yeah, it'll be uh, – that'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Uh, now, the final piece of this, which is the the headline topic that this episode – the question this episode poses, and I want to go around the table. When we look at these – Microsoft making these studio acquisitions, like – they have, they have by and large, been acquiring existing studios rather than building their own. Uh, the one example, now it's not fair to just pick on the one example, but there really is only one recent example, and that's uh, the initiative. And that is arguably not going well right now in the sense that that studio was formed think we looked this up miranda i think i want to say it was 2018 yeah Um, i was gonna say five years ago so it's five years with no i mean they did announce their project but we have no clue how much longer it's going to be there have been uh well-sourced reports that that team's had some Mm. some strife some people leaving some difficulties so people leaving so If Microsoft's going to continue to grow its first party studio stable, particularly if the Activision Blizzard situation ends with the acquisition being rejected, I don't think it will. I think Microsoft—I didn't even write this down this week because it's—but Microsoft signed a couple of more of these 10-year deals to bring Activision Blizzard stuff, including Call of Duty, to—quite honestly, they were— Two PC game streaming services that I had never heard of but that's that's me that's not that's not on them that's just I don't I don't do a lot of game streaming on like streaming to play games on my PC so uh again I'm not saying that they're they're uh unknowns I'm saying I'm just not familiar with them but uh where I'm going with that is where am I going with that what was I saying
5: my train uh, completely
2: like, went off the track
5: like you're you, uh, if, oh, if, if the I, deal if, thank you yeah if the deal yeah.
2: if the Activision Blizzard deal doesn't go through Microsoft is they clearly want to keep growing the first party studio uh, mm-hmm. portfolio and when i look at io which as i explained at the top this is a studio that that had been publisher owned and has now been independent for a while and the thing about there's a lot of great things that come with being independent uh but one of the things that's not great is depending, you know, I don't know what IO's financing and funding looks like but they wouldn't want to find themselves in a situation where if bond doesn't sell well, the suddenly the entire studio is is in trouble and that's where that's one of the good things that can come from being owned by a major publisher, where you've got that uh, you've got that you know Scrooge McDuck cash vault of a pillow to fall back on, in case you know a project doesn't go well. So all this is a l- very long-winded way of saying: Could Microsoft be looking at these guys as a as a possible acquisition target? I mean, they've got they own the Hitman IP. They've built that into a very successful thing. They've got the Bond license right now to make this Project 007. They're making a new online action RPG. And they are clearly very talented. So, Brand, I'll go to you first. Uh, to me, this seems like Microsoft's got to at least pick up the phone if they haven't already.
4: I hope not. So this is, I'm on the opposite side of this, Okay, where please. I think right now... With them trying to get Activision Blizzard, that's more than enough. Like, I I think there's something to be said about having independent studios that can try new things. Yeah. The more you add people above you as far as running company structure and things, the harder it is to get things approved, to make things change. You add, like, levels and levels of bureaucracy that can be helpful. As you said, it's a fallback. If something doesn't work out, you have, like a cushion there you have a cushion but there's also things that come with that cushion that come into play right and so for me i think because of what's happening with the initiative and by what's happening me mean is like kind of not a lot and if anything nothing that looks good um and generally just with the layoffs that microsoft had recently at you know several game studios Mm -hmm. that we care about i don't think them trying to acquire another studio is really the move that I would be looking for them to do. I, I just kind of want to see, I think right now, that they have, you know, they brought out the, the checkbook, they brought a lot of them, acquired a lot of things, and now I want to see what they do with that yeah. rather than trying to acquire more at this point. And, and honestly, seeing what they do with the coalition, seeing what they do with 343, especially 343, and the initiative, those two are seem like huge problems to me. The original things that they have, and I, I want some assurance that they that like Xbox game studios can get it together and make sure that those are running better and have, you know, a good studio culture that's built up rather than just relying on finding something that's already working and just taking it.
2: Podcast Unlocked is brought to you this week by Good Chop. I have been sampling Good Chop for the past week or so. And I'll tell you, my family and I are really impressed. Just last night we had the ribeye steak. It was like I was at a prime rib steakhouse, it was awesome. Truly excellent stuff, did not have to leave the house, we just keep everything in the freezer until the day before, we're ready to eat it, we've been taking it out, we've got the the aforementioned ribeye steak, there's some chicken breasts that we've had that have been excellent, Uh, ground beef that we've made tacos with, that's been fun, there's also thick cut bacon in there which I have not busted open yet, but I am looking forward to doing so. Basically, you are getting high quality meats delivered To your door, Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meat and seafood delivered on your schedule. The products are vacuum-sealed and frozen at peak freshness so you can stock your freezer and cook them when you want, which is exactly what we've been doing over the past week. Choose from over 70 high-quality cuts from 100% grass-fed ribeyes, USDA prime filet mignon, free-range and organic chicken breasts, pork tenderloin, oh yeah, we had that too, and thick-cut bacon just to name a few they also offer sustainable and wild caught seafood uh, salmon which we've had we've had and that's been good pacific cod scallop shrimp and more so like i said been trying a bunch of these they have been really good saves the trip to the grocery store don't have to worry about going there getting the meat and getting something good you've got good stuff coming right to your door. So Good Chop, remember, sources its meat and seafood exclusively from American farms and fisheries, so you can support local family farms and independent ranchers right here in the US. And it's affordable. Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74. Good Chop also prides itself on sourcing meat that comes with no antibiotics or added hormones ever. No artificial ingredients, only the good stuff. They offer a 100% money-back guarantee if you are not satisfied. I encourage you to try it. I really do. Go to goodchop.com unlocked120 and use the code unlocked120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code unlocked120 at goodchop.com unlocked120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com unlocked120, code unlocked120.
6: Vulgar History is a feminist women's history comedy podcast where we don't shy away from the messy, complicated lives of women from the olden times. Particularly with women in history, it's easier to use broad strokes to portray who they were. And it's like we forget they probably also had messy lives, complicated relationships, and maybe things weren't as black and white as they might seem in a textbook. But...
2: I hear you. I want to push yeah. back on one little piece of that cuz I I think you bring up a lot of good points. The only one I would I would say put to you is is the uh, the the freedom to try new ideas thing. Cuz like if we look at if we look at like grounded, we look at uh there's Pentiment, there's a lot of Pentiment and Hi-Fi Rush, like yes. clearly it does seem like Microsoft is certainly not thwarting any of those you know, lo- those new ideas
4: sure sure and i don't think to mean that in a harsh way but i think having that separation still allows for different sorts of creativity and again like different sorts of management as well and that's really what it comes down to and when you start making these big conglomerates things can get a little out of control honestly what i look at is i look at disney a lot um just think about star wars and marvel pre-disney and there's a lot that's changed there some that has been really exciting and cool and some that's been really bad Mm -hmm. like if you just look at the Star Wars, you know, the latest trilogy we had, that was such a mess. It's embarrassing that they took such a massive franchise and didn't have a plan for a planned trilogy. It's like, how could you not have a narrative through line for three movies? Three! And so that's obviously a very big different thing with entertainment and movies and Disney is its own big mess. But I still look at games and having that similar structure of like, okay, well you still have someone at the head just helming something. And I don't, I don't think Microsoft's necessarily doing a bad job with the stewardship, yeah. but we do see these glaring issues with two of their original studios. And that's I fair. think before I would want them to engage in maybe inquiring others, I want to see how they do with those. Um, though I do understand why you think this would be a good bet. Cause they would be really interesting additions to the portfolio.
2: Agreed. Yeah. That's uh Cam, your thoughts on, on, whether or not Microsoft might might be or or should be looking at IO Interactive.
5: Um, so should they? Yes, because they're a good studio. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to... Sorry, you were talking about a lot here. I think that I, I agree with both of you for different reasons. Like, I agree with uh, Miranda in the sense of, like, I'm not... Microsoft is should focus and not announce any new studios even though we they've said that they're still looking at getting other studios like they've said this but i don't think that they should announce anything until the activision blizzard stuff goes through like if i was running if i was running microsoft whatever because any other new additions is just more ammunition for like other people to be like oh they're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and like just just to try and find ways to uh you know not have the Activision Blizzard deal go through. Um, and so, but when it comes to like, but also like what Miranda was saying about how they should focus on their other studios, I don't think that they're... Um, I think they're two separate things. Like, they should focus on the management uh, of, of these studios, like 343, where that's at, where the initiative is at. But also, like, I don't think that should st- stop them from getting other studios. Um, I don't think the... End game solution is just to keep picking up good studio, like you know, historically good studios to uh, make up for the issues that are happening with those uh, with the other studios that are having problems. But I, you know, so at the end of the day, like it does make sense that it's IO, but also I don't know if IO would want to be um, acquired because they have that. They've gotten that freedom away from like from like Square Enix, right? Where uh, Square Enix wanted to—I I believe it was Square Enix originally—I I could be wrong about this. They wanted uh, Hitman; they were the ones that decided the Hitman the first uh, game to be episodic, and that right. proved to be like problematic, even though it ended up being a, a good game still overall. Like I don't think IO was—I think well yeah.
2: Cam, I, th- I, if I remember, see now somebody in the comments is going to, is going to correct. I, <laughs> yeah. I think the episodic thing came after they were independent.
5: So they, they, they became independent after the first game because Square okay. published the first game. Okay. And then after that, and the second game, it was like Warner brothers, I believe. Yeah. They, and they, then they, the they signed game, a publishing deal with somebody. Yeah. 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 So, it, um, so both the first game, it was episodic and then like, yeah, they, they got their freedom. They got the rights. And just, you know, I don't know where you're, you're right, Ryan. I don't know where they're at with finances, but if I have the, fi- if I had the finances to, you know, do my business with the studio and not have to worry about um, being owned by someone, cause like, especially with Microsoft, um, once you're owned by them yet, granted, you do have a big pile of money that, that to fund you, but the end result is either going to be, you're going to stay there forever uh, or you're going to end up being shut down. And it's just, right. it's kind it's kind of like a gamble. Um, and I don't know if IO is the studio that based off their history with um, being owned by Square Enix and stuff. I don't know if they're, they're going to be down to, to clown on that. I don't know. Stella, your thoughts on this
3: yes yeah, so i have a i have a doggy at my feet. but um yeah i mean i feel like it would be a smart get of course but yeah i mean miranda and cam bring up really good points on whether or not they would actually want to be acquired which makes a lot of sense i mean you're obviously going into a lot of these projects like the new brand new fantasy rpg is going to be a huge project of their own that is going to be completely different from anything that they've ever done and it's like well did Yes, it would be really great to have backing. Like I remember, um, High on Life's uh, developers, Squanch Games, saying how much support Microsoft was able to actually give them, and it actually amplified their development process. So there are obviously like um, positives and negatives, but it's it's just one of those things of like they could continue doing whatever they wanted and you know have complete control and not have to be put on one platform necessarily, which is great. But also at the same time, it's like. I don't know, I I feel like it would be a really good get for Game Pass specifically because uh, Hitman 3 obviously has a lot of replayability, and it's only going to get more um, updates, as they said in the quotes before, that they're going to continue to update it, and um, a lot of people have been able to go back with, like, mods and, like, you know, just try to do different challenges, and um, it's been really cool, so it would be a really good get, but at the same time, it's like, I... I don't know. I'm very torn on this. Um, after hearing everyone's arguments, at first I was like, "Yeah, it'd be a great ad," and I'm like, "Huh, oh, I don't know." <laughs> so,
2: yeah. yeah. And and to be clear, obviously this is just purely our own speculation. We don't know if mm-hmm. if they would even want to, if they'd even have the slightest interest in yeah. in being acquired by Microsoft or anybody else, or if Microsoft for whatever they might not even want them, or like you said, Miranda, they might not be want they might not want to get anybody yeah. for the. <laughs> If if indeed Activision Blizzard goes through, they might be, they might uh, sit there at the table with their minutes. belly full. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Be like, we're good, yeah. we're good. No more check, please. Yeah. Uh, oh, sixty nine billion dollars. That's the check, huh? Okay, great. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> but, worth
4: noting too, that IO just added a new studio location. So yeah,
5: Istanbul, right?
2: Istanbul. Mm. Yeah.
4: Wow. So now they have four whole studios.
2: That's
5: great. That's that is. cool. Oh, wow! To see, so. I thought they were just at one location. I had no nope. idea that that. Wow. Yeah, they're
2: they are growing. They are definitely becoming one of the larger independent studios. Because mm-hmm. as you did note, Miranda, there are uh, not a lot of large independent studios left. There are plenty of wonderful smaller independent studios making incredible uh, smaller independent games. But in terms of like AAA developers that are independent. It, it's a short. I mean, like Gearbox is now owned by Embracer. They were they were on that yeah. short list before. Like oh, yeah. I don't even know. Like I'd have to think about it outside of <laughs> IO Interactive.
1: And I
3: think
2: we <laughs> yeah, we would have to <laughs> get a whiteboard we're in here. To,
3: like the family. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: But uh, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, that's all I'm saying is I, I think, you know, if I were to make a list of studios that I think would be awesome for Xbox to acquire, if they're still in the acquiring mood, and if the studio in question was interested in being acquired io when i I look at these three three series here the the new online action rpg uh project 007 and hitman i i'd have a hard time picking anybody over them in terms of independent studios if they were to become available on the on the open market so we'll see We'll see. I'm sure we'll get some good comments uh, in, the, in the comments below this week of, of thoughts on that and then maybe other studios uh, that, that could be on that short list as well. Uh, I want to skip over to a story we weren't able to get to last week, but uh, I know this one's near and dear to Cam's heart. This, this first game's near and dear to mine as well. I think, I think maybe all four of us on this one. The Wolf Among Us 2 from Zombie Telltale, uh, the new Telltale, They had originally announced this game for 2023. They have pushed it to next year in an effort to avoid crunch which is what a refreshing headline to read right there. Let me give you the quick summary, and then we'll talk about it. Telltale Games has announced that its long-awaited sequel to The Wolf Among Us is being pushed out of 2023 in an effort to avoid crunch and team burnout, as well as accommodate a move from Unreal Engine 4 to Unreal Engine 5. Speaking to IGN, Telltale Games CEO Jamie Audley explained that the team made the choice for a number of reasons, but primarily to avoid burnout or shipping an unfinished game. Quote, making games is difficult and they need time to be right. And it doesn't do any of us any good to ship something that's not ready. (laughs) If we put this game out and it's not ready, we're going to get torn to shreds. The expectations are pretty high, and we want time to meet those, and we want to be proud of it and know that, hey, this is the best game we could have made. Let the world say what they will once it's done, but at least we know that in these times, in these conditions, this is the best game that we could make. Uh, Cam, I'll go to you first here. What a delightful it's 10 out of 10 quote right there. No notes. (laughs) 10
5: out of 10 quote from a 10 out of 10 game. If you ask me, uh, Ryan, I love the Wolf Among Us. Like this is, in my opinion, I know there's a lot of, everyone has their, their, their darling from the old Telltale lineup, but, and I, the Walking Dead games are near and dear to my heart. Clementine's one of my favorite video game characters of all time, but the Wolf Among Us is their, is their best game. It was their best game, the old Telltale. And in my opinion, and I think I think it has one of the most memorable stories still of like the past decade. I still think it I still think it has one of the best endings to a video game story. Um, I absolutely adore the last of uh, the Last of Us. <laughs> <laughs> that game the too. The Wolf Among Us. The Wolf Among Us. And I'm so it's one of my most anticipated games. Like probably my second most anticipated game uh, as of recording. And I just can't wait to see. Uh, where the story is going, and I'm I, I'm just so excited. I I can't wait. And everything that we've seen so far, while it hasn't been a lot, everything looks super promising. And I really hope that um, by the time this comes out, hopefully next year, it's going to be in the game of the year conversation uh, for for everybody.
2: Well, Cam, I don't think you would necessarily find a lot of uh, strong arguments against the wolf among us being telltale's best game cuz i i might agree with you for me it's season 1 of the walking dead was the most probably the most emotional video game oh. i've ever played yeah tales from the borderlands Ooh. might be for me uh, t- that might edge out i might call that their best game but t- but wolf among us is right there it's it's definitely those three for me and then everything else is a pretty steep drop-off not that there are other stuff's <laughs> bad by any stretch like i really liked particularly season one of of batman uh and they definitely there were definitely some other great good. telltale games but uh yeah I, for me it's those three uh, up on top well above everything else stella this is not a quote that we this kind of I mean, it's pretty honest, like, hey, they know like and they publicly publicly willing to say, hey, we're going to get torn to shreds if we ship something that's not up to par. I, I love reading that for just that the refreshing honesty there.
3: And also the fact that they want to take their time and make sure that something is good. I think a lot of the time, I keep bringing this up, um, especially with like live service games, we're so used to things being repaired after launch, right? And it's so refreshing to see something where they're like, hey, yeah, no, we want this to launch well like obviously maybe there might be some minor issues that they do have to patch out but like they wanted to launch solid and I think that it's it's, it's um, a little depressing to say but it's very solid like it, it's so different now um, especially since we get a lot of these games like early access I mean Sons of the Forest right now is in early access again just like how the original game was um, so having something that is full and um, probably going to be updated episodically which I, I missed that well
2: no I believe Cam correct me if I'm wrong I think is I think this one out? they're it's, so, it's, so with
5: this one, they're releasing everything at once. Yeah, everything yeah. at once. Yeah.
3: Oh no, but I don't it, have something to pace myself with. <laughs> no, that's an issue. Well, we don't know,
2: <laughs> Cam. have they said, "Is it episodic within?" Like, is it? Are they just selling it as a full thing, but then it's still kind of? Divided? I
5: don't remember. Don't I don't want to give it. I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to say because okay. I don't so remember. Don't yeah. Okay. But yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's fine with me because. I played it after all the episodes were out and I, because uh, of just how, yeah. how into yeah. the story I was. Um, so
3: I was able to keep up with it when it was episodic because then like, you know, especially with like the walking dead, because, um, then I could be like, oh yeah, I can play this and no, like that's the same time everyone else is playing it. So I won't get spoiled, spoiled. So that's, that was great. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that this is. Obviously getting pushback for care, you know, to take care of it and everything. And it's I'm very happy about that. This was definitely one of my uh top telltale games. probably my second one. My first one would definitely have to be uh The Walking Dead, just in general, the summarization, like the ending of Clem's story in the final season. Oh my god, it was oh, so
5: good. Yeah. Oh it was I my game cried of the year. So it was hard. my game of the year.
3: Yes, it was so good. And even like the spin-offs that they did for The Walking Dead, I didn't play the Michonne one, but anything mm-hmm. that tied into Clem's story, I was like, this is. I actually care about this side story that has nothing to do with my, like our collective gaming's daughter, Clem. So, you know, yeah.
2: I've My my first year at IGN was 2012, which was the year Walking Dead season one came out. I voted for it for, I, for IGN's game of the year that year. It did not win. I, I think it came in. It was the runner up and I forget what won now. Journey. Journey. Thank you. Journey. Yeah. Which, okay. I, I can't argue with that, but for <laughs>
5: I can. I, I, <laughs> I can. I can. I, I can. <laughs> then, yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't
2: hit the same emotionally for me as nope. it did other people, and so you know, it's, oh I'm, my god, and it didn't certainly didn't hit the same for me emotionally as as uh, Walking Dead did. I remember I've told the story before, but uh, Mitch Dyer, who was my Xbox partner in crime at the time at IGN, it, I remember uh, like you know only a few of us we'd gotten early codes to review it, and uh, and I finished. That last episode of season one of The Walking Dead at like eleven thirty at night, and I was literally just like, my, my jaw was hanging dead open inside, dead inside as the credits, <laughs> and I literally, I was like, I had to. I just had to call Mitch. And I was like, I had, I need to talk to someone about this, and he was, he was right there for me, uh, and we talked, we talked all about the, the ending of it and how good it was. But, um, all right, we're getting a little <laughs> off topic, but Wolf Among Us season two, uh, Miranda, is this another example of, for you know, to, to, for lack of a better comparison. Cyberpunk 77 dying for our sins here and and like and and sort of serving as that example of don't ship a thing before it's ready.
4: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think again we we talked about this last time but it is the lesson learned I think and it's a hard lesson learned but a good one and I think Maybe with that in the conversations around crunch in the game industry, being a lot more public, it's helped for developers. Maybe people will say publicly, hey, we're delaying this because of that, because we don't want to lead a burnout. And I think because the sentiment generally is that nobody wants that for the most part, or at least is cool with it. Hopefully. <laughs> so, yeah. I, like,
5: I, I also think. Oh, sorry, sorry, Miranda, I don't want to interrupt.
4: Oh, yeah, I was just gonna say, I think because that that is a big part of this, and obviously the shift from Unreal Four to Unreal Five, like that's mm-hmm. that's a big change. And with all of that, I think there's generally understanding that you know, it, it's it's okay.
2: I would love to know because again, I'm not a game developer. I'm definitely not a programmer. Uh, because The Wolf Among Us has such a distinct. Visual style. Mm-hmm. I wonder, like, what going from Unreal Four to Five does for them? Because what what we know about Unreal Engine Five from the, all the tech demos we've seen is that it's spectacularly gorgeous and it's got it's capable of, you know, just as insane rendering these insane things. But when you have something with this distinct visual style, right? I guess there must be other. Kind of behind the scenes under the hood benefits yeah. that they're they're choosing to take the time to move the game over from four to five. Or this just popped into my head. This is my optimistic brain talking. Maybe they're thinking, well, we're gonna do more Wolf Among Us games after this, and, that, and Unreal Engine 5 is becoming the standard, so why don't we just take this delay? Move it over now, so that all of our pipeline, our tools are all on Unreal Five. All right, that's that's the yeah. answer that I yeah. that I want to be. Real.
5: A, lot, a lot of games are doing a lot of games are doing that. Like Kingdom Hearts Four, uh, they said that they were doing that for Kingdom Hearts Four because Three was in Unreal Four, and they yeah. were just like, oh, we're just transferring everything over to Five. And Come like on, I think Cam, uh, you,
2: we know, you you know as well as I do that it's Unreal Engine Six is going to be out by the time Kingdom <laughs> Hearts Four is out.
5: <laughs> Kingdom Hearts Three was an anomaly, and I don't want to get into that. But anyway. <laughs> but but i want to i do want to end that saying like not just like obviously crunch is bad and we need to you know the the industry needs to be better about like playing games when they're not ready and not making these harsh work conditions to get things out on on a certain uh you know time frame but i also think that like this team knows how much people love the wolf among us and they don't want to mess it up they just they just want to get everything right because um again like i do think this this game has the potential of being a game of the year contender, like a 10 out of 10 game. And I think that, you know, they feel like that they, that they have that potential too. And they just want to make sure that it comes out. Right.
4: I, I would say, and caution that this is going to, Wolf Among Us won't be the first iteration of the revived Telltale. Cause remember, this is not the same team right? that it was when Telltale shut down, they did not get everyone back. Correct. Yeah. Um, and they did not necessarily hire everyone back. So I think it's, I understand your optimism, Cam, but also I would go in this with some air of caution. Like we can't be guaranteed that this is just going to be an easy, yeah, fantastic success. No, for sure, Wolf Among Us Two or Wolf Among
5: but, Us. Yeah, yeah. But also the leads of the Wolf Among Us are the leads on this game. Like it, sure, sure. Like yeah, yeah. So like that's the thing. If if that wasn't the case, I would be a lot more cautious. And but to, no to, one.
2: Yeah. To add to Cam's optimism, we have learned through good reporting uh, at the time. The failure of telltale was purely a management failure yeah
4: they're, they're not a
2: lot. And, and so if they're if they've got a, a nice chunk of the talent that has come come back come into the new version of it that's you know you just as long as there's some competent management there uh the game has every you know cam's got every reason to to be op- as optimistic about it as yeah he and this is, is
5: just this is just my opinion like you know so i uh, I'm just
2: yeah. Sure. I'm just
4: super excited for this game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's just I've seen Telltale do enough as good to just great to just okay that I would be for like sure. I'm a little Definitely. bit more cautious. Mm. Um, it's not like a Zelda game, right? Where it's like, well, obviously that's probably going to be fantastic. Like, there's just a that's higher fair. bar set because yeah. of the of the status quo. Um, I will say that I'm really interested to see how their Expanse game comes out because that'll be the first new that's new true that they publish
5: yeah.
4: um and that's supposed to be out sometime this year and i have recently watched all of the expanse and i'm now reading the book, so i'm quite <laughs> nice for that. so that so we need like to watch the, the expanse i like them yeah yeah okay yeah i like Show's it was good it. yeah it's all great okay, okay.
2: duly noted yeah good stuff All right, uh, we've just about need to get to trivia, but first a quick note on the upcoming Diablo 4 beta weekend for those who have pre-ordered. Next weekend will be for anybody that just wants to jump in. I don't even know why this really made its way around as news uh, because so is Rod Ferguson, friend of the podcast, former head of the Coalition, uh, now heading up the Diablo franchise at Blizzard. He tweeted, it's awesome seeing excitement around the Diablo 4 beta and our wolf pack puppy, which I know Miranda is eagerly going to be <laughs> playing to earn this weekend. And he tweeted, uh, he continued saying, we've been getting some questions about Diablo 4 on Game Pass, and I want to let you know we have no plans for that. Which, I mean, I I don't know, I, I thought we were, maybe it's maybe it's maybe there's some confusion here that I'm just not aware of, but... If the acquisition goes through, which won't happen until after Diablo 4 launches, yes, it will go straight into Game Pass. But until that happens, there was, you know, there's no way. I mean, I don't know if any Activision Blizzard game has ever appeared in Game Pass. I'd have to fact check myself on that. But off the top of my head, no Call of Duty has ever gone in. No. Uh, The Crash games, none of those have been in Game Pass, I don't think. Yeah. I mean Overwatch is free so. to play. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't I don't think there's any existing history of Activision Blizzard on Game Pass, but yes, if indeed the the acquisition goes through, then certainly it, at that point we can expect Diablo 4 to to drop into Game Pass as soon as the ink dries on the contract. So that'll be that'll be something to look forward to.
3: Is it true? It's it's a thing that KF they partnered with KFC. If you get the double down, you get a beta code, right? Yeah. Or other qualifying sandwiches. Yeah. yeah.
2: So <laughs> <what>? <laughs> the, the double down has been around for a little while. I actually didn't realize I thought it like had I thought it was gone, and yes. maybe it was and it's just come back now, but it always there's a there's a Part of me that I guess maybe has like a death wish that wants to try that <laughs> sandwich because it's it's two pieces of fried chicken as the bun yeah. with bacon and ch- uh, cheese much I- in between. And it's like, I, I kind of want to try that. Yeah. To see, to see, you know, and maybe not eat anything else for the rest of the day, because that's got to be at least 2,000 calories
6: right so there. Big.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Official no. Diablo Twitter account Get yeah. out a picture of the little wolf pup. Yeah. With Aww. hugging the sandwich. It's oh very, my like, in, in a oh, It's really so funny cute. and quite weird.
2: So if you, oh, there it yeah, is. Hola. Double that. Okay. If any of our, our listeners, buy a uh, and eat a double down to get to get uh, beta access please just like can you do a little like quick 30 second video of yourself like taking I'm, a couple bites and give us a quick review like just tweet it at us yeah you know, you know all of our twitter i'll handles. do it thank you cam <laughs> take one for I'll do the it. team we'll make you yeah, a, yeah, yeah does it come with a cardiology appointment
5: as <laughs> well like, so. along with the beta code <laughs> like it doesn't look to like your local cardiologist i wow. thought it was gonna be bigger like and then it, it turns out to, it looks like it's kind of small so i think so it would think be an I'll actual be able... health
3: hazard if it were bigger <laughs>
5: But yeah, there are, I'll, I'll try it. I thank
2: you. I want to know I want to know cuz like it could be good in the most like like, grotesque kind of way like yeah, right but it's,
3: it's it's probably fine I feel like it works better in like the burger sense it's like the, god that's awful <laughs> um but yeah I don't know even as someone who's like uh, has to eat a lot of protein for like lifting uh uh-uh, uh that's not the way to do it that's not the way to go
2: yeah <laughs> oh man anyway I uh, thought I would pass along that little game pass <laughs> note on uh, on that and alright let's do some trivia here a listener who goes by the gamer tag of Muffin Crumbs, muffin (laughs) spelt uh, with a Y instead of the I in there, from Vermont, sends this question in. Wikipedia has a list of the top-selling original Xbox games. According to that Wikipedia list, which of the following was not one of the top five best-selling games for the original Xbox? Was it Halo 1? Sneak King, which, of course, was the... uh, Tie-in with Burger King.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yep.
2: It's one of three Burger King tie-in video games. What? Uh, yeah. More on that'll we can talk more about that later. Fable or the Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind. So there's uh there's some interesting things to think about with your choices on this, but what so three of these are in the top five and one of them isn't for best-selling original Xbox games. Cam, you are our guest,
5: so I will go to you first. You said, or, you said original Xbox Original
2: games? Xbox. Yeah, Morrowind came out early in the life cycle. Halo, of course, was a launch title. Fable, uh, I forget what year, but that was... Fable 1 was original Xbox. Fable 2 was 360. And Sneak King was also
5: original Xbox. <laughs> was Sneak King original Xbox? That it was a 360 game. Well, are is it just, is a three
2: sixty game? Well, you'll have just you'll have to answer I, for I'm yourself. I'm going
5: sneaking because I'm pretty sure it's a three sixty game. <laughs> I'm sorry if I gave everyone else the answer, but I'm pretty sure. Well, let the three sixty game. Go, all right, uh,
2: Stella, let's go to
5: you.
3: Me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I told. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, yeah. What stood out to me was sneaking, just because I never heard of it. And, like, I, everything else, even though, like, I wasn't allowed to game back when this console came out because my parents were really strict. Um, I had heard of everything else except for that. But I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are you giving me well, you,
2: I'm about? just, you're, yeah, I'm waiting for your answer. And yeah, you're, you're, I mean, like, I you're guess, like, looking yeah. for help over I here. I mean,
3: I guess, <laughs> I, yeah, I, guess me, I haven't heard of that one, which I just found out is a Burger King related game. Is it Ghostella? Oh, it actually
2: no, was kind of weirdly good.
3: Was it really? Dude, we'll show you. There after was
5: this. a cart. Really? There was a cart game too. There was like a Mario Kart no, game. No, like, stop. Are, yeah. I'll show you. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh my god. Yep. Do I need to play this? Heart
5: racer? Maybe. I think. <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: no. Okay. Wait.
4: What's your answer? It's
5: an interesting game. part of gaming yeah. history. That's all. So they're they're both going with sneak.
4: We're all game. going with sneak king.
2: Everybody game. is yeah. uniting on this.
4: I haven't 36- heard of this. Three sixty.
2: So I yeah. Uh, there were some games in this window that shipped on both the Xbox oh, and the Morrowind? 360. What?
5: No. I've never seen it
2: on yeah. Xbox. The answer so. is Morrowind. Oh, no,
5: that was the yeah. second one.
2: Yeah, as huge as Elder Scrolls is and 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 Morrowind All even went down together. It was a console exclusive in ter- you know obviously it was mm-hmm. big on PC but it came to the original Xbox. It never came to the PlayStation 2. Uh, and it somehow was not in the top 5 best-selling games. I didn't. Now, Sneak King was three dollars. No,
4: yeah, because I I know with,
2: with like a sure. with like a Whopper meal really? or something. Yeah,
4: but I thought that was only on three sixty. I didn't think I, I, had I never seen
2: never,
5: it on Xbox. On yeah, I never Xbox. saw a physical yeah. Xbox. My mind is blown King.
4: right now. Because like, otherwise, that, honestly. I would have gotten this unless we had the Xbox 360. <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah, I also would have said I also would have said okay. Morrowind if it's I all good, if Cam. I knew. We oh, well. I would have said well. Morrowind too, but I mean I oh well. it, it was Trained just by
3: the, the one gate. I was like, Well, what if what if it's if that was there's a herring? I was like, What if what I, if it's actually something else? Like, Stella, yeah. I hope you enjoy this. It's incredible. This is oh my god. <laughs> it's oh my Sneak god.
2: King on video, for those of you listening on audio podcast, our our super producer Red is currently showing B roll footage of what? Sneak King. Yeah. Yeah, it was super cheap. $4. I was wrong, not $3. It was 3.99 God. with the purchase of a meal. So, uh anyway, yeah. Sneak King, one of your best-selling games for <laughs> <I>
3: <laughs> love weird <laughs> I <games. know>
2: <laughs> Plus Halo, plus Fable, but I'm gu- I'm guessing Morrowind was probably like number 6, maybe number 7. Yeah. It had to be pretty close. So, uh, y'all can take it up with muffin crumbs if you want to <laughs> argue crumbs. about the semantics Aww. on this one. Muffin okay, crumbs,
4: your fault. Muffin crumbs. I'm gonna blame right on that one.
2: But no, <laughs> no updates to the to the scoring. It, we, we gotta get we got get some more points on the board next week <laughs> yeah. here. You, I, 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 I hate to be the one to say this. Destin's been out on paternity leave for a while, and y'all have barely made any <laughs> ground. Well, man, you've you've barely fight. put any distance. To
3: be fair, I've been
4: off for a few weeks, so <laughs> I never said I was good at trivia. I may have won, but that is true dumb luck.
2: <laughs> well, uh, good stuff. And if anybody, by the way, my, the I'm kind of scraping the the bottom of the email inbox at this point. <laughs> I could use some more good xbox trivia questions from everybody listening send them in the email address to email those two is unlocked at ign.com don't forget of course the question for multiple multiple choice answers note the correct answer in your email and if you'd like you can include your gamer tag if you'd like me to read that on the air along with your name and we will play again next week uh cam loved having you back always good to chat and uh, give everybody a reminder of where they can find you, what you're up to in cam- in the Cam universe.
5: Yeah, um, so you can follow me on Twitter at CamFinalMix. I recently uh, published the Dead Cells Return to Castlevania DLC review. Check that out. Um, I got some previews coming up. I'm going to PAX East next week, so I'll be playing some games, getting some previews up in the yeah. coming weeks. Um and uh yeah i got uh unlocking kingdom hearts podcast uh it's a you know a seasonal podcast we just kind of release episodes when we can uh for those that have wanted to or revisit the kingdom hearts series um now it's kind of like the perfect time to hop in if you've never played them whether it be like sora coming to smash that like got you that maybe inspired you to hop in or like you know kingdom hearts 4 recently being announced like if you ever if, you know if you want to hop in we have a bunch of experts as well as a newbie playing through the Uh, series um you know the way that it should be played through which is release order and uh kind of help uh you know go over the story go over what makes kingdom Hearts special so um yeah you can check that out on all your podcast services
2: love it thank you cam stella
3: yeah you can find me uh, everywhere at Parallax Stella, um, I am currently playing through Long Fallen Dynasty right now. Um, it's fun. It's definitely got some like Souls-like gimmicks, which it's fine. It's, it's overall fun and you can play it for free on Xbox Game Pass. Um, currently just working on covering all your live service FPS games. So the most recent one is going to be uh, Call of Duty Season 2 Reloaded, which is like the mid-season update. So that'll be going up sometime tomorrow. But yeah
2: good stuff Miranda
4: you can find me at Havoc Rose, and that's Havoc with a K on Twitch Twitter and Instagram and on Xbox technically I've been playing a lot of Halo 3 Halo 3 Halo Season 3 um, so that's been fun and I just want to give a shout out to our article from Matt Kim called Telltale Games Shutdown and Revival Explained if you have questions about that for more reading nice Ryan on the video it is he's on the me <laughs> hey, <end>
2: what <laughs> am I doing on there uh, who left that guy on there uh, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. I mentioned the Remnant 2 IGN first that's underway. Got some good coverage up there and more coming. And yeah, I've got, I don't know. I don't think there's anything else I've put up recently to plug at the moment. So we will instead say goodbye for Red, our wonderful producer, along with our friend Cam. Good to see him again. Miranda, Stella, This was Unlocked 586. We'll see you again next week.
1: In a world saturated with glossy facades comes a podcast that's breaking barriers. This is Reppin'. It's where we do a deep dive into subjects like belonging, to mental health, to courage and more. On Reppin you'll meet the faces you think you know and discover their untold stories. It's real, it's intimate, and it gives you insight into the real person behind the images. In a world of pretense, Reppin strips it all down. no filters, no facades. Learn and be empowered and find inspiration through thought-provoking stories that resonate with your journey. Every episode is an exploration into the truths and values that make us who we are. Representation, it's not just about race or gender. It's about you. Reppin ensures that every voice is heard. Every story is valued. So be seen, be heard, and be represented. Listen to Reppin wherever you get your podcasts.